human trafficking. People around the country and around the world hear those words and think of slavery, think of people doing things against their will. And at times, it can be a very important subject in the news, and sometimes it can just go away. We need to keep it in the news and keep people knowing more about it. I'm Drew Gordon. Today, my guest will be Pastor Jeff Bobbin of the Heckathorn United Methodist Church in Venango County. Recently, he got together with a group of pastors from the Franklin District to talk about human trafficking, get to meet and share stories with others, including videos as well. So Jeff Bobbin is my guest. Join us as we meet in the middle. The Western Pennsylvania Conference of the United Methodist Church presents Meet in the Middle, a weekly podcast of the Western Pennsylvania Conference anti-racism team. Get ready to meet in the middle. Well, here we are on Meet in the Middle, and my guest at this time is Pastor Jeff Bobbin, and Pastor Jeff has had the chance to share a lot of things regarding human trafficking to the pastors in the Franklin District. First of all, Pastor Jeff, welcome to Meet in the Middle. Glad to be here with you this morning. What inspired you? You you use the term dig deeper. What inspired you to dig deeper on the issue of human trafficking? Well, you might might find that kind of humorous, actually. It was a novel. I uh, was, I'm an avid reader, as many people know, and uh, I I use novels to escape or take me places that I might not normally go. And I love a good murder mystery. And I read a murder mystery. And and in the end, it turned out that the, the young victim had been trafficked. And the interesting thing for me that really drew me in was that it was about a community that was maybe like a Franklin or Clarion or Grove City, Washington, PA. And I was, by the end of reading that book, I thought, well, this is something that could be happening far closer than I imagine. And uh, I maybe need to know a little more about this. If I think most people are like me, thought that was something that happened someplace else. And uh, so basically out of that, I, I ordered some books and started reading about trafficking. And the next thing I knew, uh, I, w- I tell everybody I did a scientific study. I put a question out on Facebook and said, anybody connected to the human trafficking world in Northwest Pennsylvania? And was shocked within 20 minutes, I had half a do- dozen references um, and kind of went from there digging deeper. So some of the things to share from the video, uh, first of all, it is called Enslaved in Plain Sight. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the one thing I discovered is that this is a, this is a crime that's happening. It's a $150 billion industry around the world. But many of the victims are, are not seen as being enslaved or, or a victim of trafficking. So what what happens is you may see somebody. I'll give you a couple of easy examples in the labor trafficking. There there are basically two tracks in trafficking: labor trafficking and sex trafficking. And in the labor trafficking world, you you may go into a restaurant and enjoy a meal and have no idea that the staff that's preparing your meal is being trafficked. Uh, we had that happen. We, that was, uh, there was a group found in Western Pennsylvania that was being trafficked from restaurant to restaurant. Uh, same thing in uh, any kind of service industry, like hotels and things like that happens for, uh, see a lot of it, even in, even in Pennsylvania with people that are being trafficked 
for the purpose of work in the fields and things like that during the harvest season. So you may be seeing them. And part of part of what I see my role is, is making people aware uh, that they they may be seeing that and not realizing it. If you, when you're traveling, uh, if you if you see uh, somebody that or a group, maybe a group of young ladies, for example, that are somebody's really keeping an eye on them. They're all kept together in the restroom and that it may be a time to take a look and see what's going on. You open with an interesting question, and I think a lot of folks need to hear that question, and that is, how many slaves work for you? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. And, and as I was doing my study, I, I, I kept going to different websites, and one of the books I was reading referred to this website, and uh, I'm dropping the, the name of that website right now. But it, what it does is you go out on, and... Um, you enter things you do normally, the kind of products you use. The, for, for example, when I, when I do a presentation, I'll often ask people, how many of you drink coffee? Or, you know, how many of you eat chocolate? How, things that in other countries in particular, are, there, there are, it's slave labor that does it. And uh, the last time I ran myself through that program, it said that I had 67 people that were enslaved around the world. So, you know, it's, it's kind of an eye opening to begin to think that, you know, we, we have tendencies to, to believe there's an old terminology that's called NIMBY, not in my backyard, um, that we, we have a tendency to believe, well, this isn't happening, uh, close to us. This is happening on the other side of the world. This is happening on the border countries. Uh, this is happening somewhere else, but not here. And sometimes there are news stories that kind of open your mind a little bit more uh, as far as uh, trafficking in the United States. Just recently in Florida, an arrest uh, of a sting of 108 people for human trafficking, including employees of Disney World and also a former local judge. So, I mean, I understand that that's nationally. But you hit close to home in your presentation when you started talking about the ones that were nearby you. And you you struck a chord with me personally because one of the places you mentioned just happens to be 10 minutes away from my house. And that's Dubois. So, I mean, let's kind of open the door to that a little bit more for some of the folks who are listening. But um, have that chance to go, wait, that's that's going on here, isn't it? Well, I, that's really what happened to me when I threw that question out on Facebook. One of one of the people I was I was living in Crawford County in a very rural community, um, so it didn't happen here. And and one of the people that I knew from the community lived three miles up the road. Said, "You know, that's what I do, right?" And I didn't. So we got on the phone and began to have a conversation. And and she was she said, "You wouldn't believe how much of this is going on." here in Crawford County, especially because we're on one of those transportation places, you know, the major highways. And and because Erie, for example, you, you know, you're, you're right in the middle of Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, New York, and a lot of people come through those areas. So a lot of trafficking is coming through, but I was shocked when they start talking about people that are local. And, and I'll give you a couple of, ex- couple of examples where, where it really came home. Uh, the first one, I, I, I started getting connecting up with the Erie County Task Force on Human Trafficking. And they told the story after doing a presentation, they got a call from the local state representative saying, did you know we just had an incident, a 14-year-old girl uh, 
her mother, thank goodness, was paying attention to uh, her daughter's phone. But it turned out that her daughter had connected up online with this guy who was was in Connecticut or or somewhere in New England, and he was gonna. He encouraged her to buy a buy a bus ticket to come see him. That he was a he was a sixteen year old boy, and his family would take her in. She had this tough home life, and and he told her how to steal the money from her parents. So he had she had actually taken the money, bought the bus ticket, and a couple of days later would have been on a bus to New England, and and maybe never heard from again. Um, the speaker, one of the speakers that was at the, the event I did in January uh, is from a Western Pennsylvania community in a rural county that we wouldn't, we wouldn't think of human trafficking. But it, uh, as I started hearing those stories and meeting people, and, and I've met a couple of people that have been trafficked in here. Uh, one one from Haiti that was trafficked into Western Pennsylvania, and and a group uh, a group in Crawford County is working working with them. All of a sudden, I realized it could very easily be your neighbor. And you know, I I, I got to say, not only those kind of stories are important to hear and and to have people share, but also you had a mixture. You had live, you know, you had people there speaking. Uh, you've had videos that you were using. And one video that struck a chord to me was the um, the story of uh, the two girls, Brianna and Lacey. And, uh, you know, Brianna talked about she actually sat down, presented her her situation to everybody. And as a as a father of three daughters, uh, it's it's definitely get tech, you know, catching my attention, but it should be getting everybody's attention, really. Well, those those videos that I chose are part of a series produced by Shared Hope International, which gave me permission to use those. And, and because they their job, they want to get the story out. But that 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 Brianna was a young lady in in, uh, in the Seattle area that could have easily ended up trafficked into Arizona. And the the traffickers look for vulnerable people, and so. And we might not. The problem is we don't think of ourselves as vulnerable, but we're, we we want to be loved. We want to be cared for. We want to. And, you know, she was just a young girl working at a restaurant that a good looking young guy came in and, you know, start uh, really shaping her to be trafficked and eventually start pulling her away from her family and and those kind of things so the and and i several people have told me that that's that's the power when you hear those stories uh, all of a sudden you realize because she was from a small town they in that video they and you can go out on the shared international um shared hope international site and see those videos that it is um it's a powerful story. And when, when I, when it shows a town that was like her town, it, it looked like many of the towns here in Western Pennsylvania. You had the chance to have some videos taken care of, but you had a lot of in, as we call it, in-house guests at the church as well to share their stories with the pastors as well. Yeah. Well, I, it was interesting when I, I'm now in Venango County, uh, just outside of oil city. And 
one of my folks introduced me to somebody that's the director of CASA, the court appointed special advocates. And uh, we had lunch and I, I told her one of the things I was interested in because I knew there was not a human trafficking task force here in Venango County um, was, is that something she saw? And her response was, yeah, uh, the interesting thing about here in Venango County, most human trafficking never leaves the house. And, you know, any here's one of the things you need to know. Any minor that is sold for sex is trafficking. And what we're what we see a lot of is uh, even parents that that use sell their children. Uh, in order to feed their habits and they're, they're used for pornography or sex. And uh, that was, that was her first response is a lot of it isn't even out of the house. And, and the other, the other main speaker that I had was uh, working for, working for one of the, one of the uh, groups out of uh, Crawford County. Uh, she had been trafficked she, into a, into a motorcycle gang. Uh, where she was used by the motorcycle gang and, and then used uh, also to as a mule to transport drugs. I, I can tell you, while she only spoke for about five minutes, her story was probably the most powerful of the day because you could see and you could, you could look at her and say, this could be my daughter, this could be my sister, uh, and going, oh, this could happen next door. Well, well, let's let's if we can go into some some of the facts and figures. You've had a lot of things that that you shared with the group regarding facts and figures, and and how much goes into the aspects of uh, of labor uh, trafficking, of uh, sexual trafficking, uh, of some of the different things. Can you share some things as far as you know things could stagger the people who are listening? Well, I think the most staggering statistic is that hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. Um, I, I can't say that I'm real good at quoting the, the, a lot of stats off the top of my head. Um, I'm, the truth is I'm more a story guy, but it, when, when you think about it, the only, the only thing that is higher in illegal business is the drug business. And, and the truth is that the drug industry is often tied in uh, to the trafficking industry, because one of the things they use to control uh, those that are being trafficked is um, drugs. So lots of you know, but and, and and the other the other statistic that was just shocking to me is I think oftentimes we we have this image that people that are trafficked are people that are um, coming into the country. Uh, maybe illegally. For example, the first time I ever did a presentation in a local church, I said, you know, when I say the word human trafficking, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And the first thing somebody said was Mexico, because in the news was all these people being trafficked across from Mexico. And, and, and the shocking statistic is that 83, about 83% of those that are found in being trafficked are, are, de- being trafficked domestically. They're from the United States. So the idea that these are people that are being brought in, not that it's not an international problem. I mean, there's, uh, I read several books on people that were being brought in from Russia and many of the former Soviet states. And, you know, they're, 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 they're told 
that they're going to have a job here. They're going to have a better life. And when they get here, well, you have to work off your transportation to get here. You have, and, and all of a sudden they're working, they're, they're being trafficked, but the same thing works domestically as well. A lot of the folks in the, a lot of the girls in, in the sex industry were promised, uh, Hey, I, you know, I I've got somebody in Hollywood that can make you a star. And then, and they convince them to go there. And it's, uh, it's far easier to get sucked in than we might think. Now, as far as some of the statistics that go on here, we, we, we talk a lot about the aspects of um, the sex industry. We talk about labor and different things. What are some of the, the other things that we need to be thinking about? You know, what other types of trafficking go, go on? In, in our areas? I think the most common we think of is sex trafficking. Uh, two, really, sex tra- trafficking, and, and we might be aware of agricultural trafficking where people are being forced to work from field to field. But where, where we don't think about it, you know, for example, the breakdown is about, uh, about two-thirds of that $150 billion is in the sex industry. And, and it's and it's not just prostitution, it's, it's videos, it's, it's the whole gamut of pornography that, that's involved. So w- one of the things that is eye-opening to many is that, that you know, you're, you're watching pornography. If, if all of a sudden you start asking yourself the question, take a look at their faces. Are, 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 they, be, are they really enjoying this? Are they... Are they or, or, or is it they being forced to do this? Sometimes it's really easy to see, uh, but about two thirds of that is is that. Uh, um, but lots of trafficking in things like construction, mining, manufacturing, utilities. The, those are not always things we think about. Um, that uh, there's been several raids on plants, for example, where. You know, maybe um, take a chicken process. The last one I saw was a chicken processing mm. plant and they they raided it. And there was a, a very large number of folks that had been trafficked into that place. And, you know, they were promised a job and they were a lot of times they're transported. And <clears throat> especially if they're in the country illegally. They, you know, they use fear and intimidation, um, but then while you owe me for delivering you here, there's just so much. And, and that fear tap, especially if they, they have something over on you or they're controlling you with drugs and those kind of things, it's, it's almost possible to have it anywhere. The, and, and probably the other one for me that's most interesting is domestic trafficking uh, or um, people that are uh, given a job as a nanny. And then, and if they're in the country, um, their passports are taken, 
they, they maybe they come from a country like the former Soviet Union where they're, you know, you don't trust the police and and they they take their identification. And now pretty soon that person's working 24 hours a day. So when the, as a matter of fact, the original idea for the, the first one of these that I ever did was uh, could it be next door? And, and the idea that, you know, somebody's working in the house next door and they're, they're a servant, um, but they're never, they, 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 they never go anywhere else or that it, it is really easy to um, hide those that are being trafficked in places like that. As people are starting to become aware of these situations, wherever areas that they are in, uh, what are some of the things that they need to do in order to go through that process? How do you respond when you think somebody's being trafficked? Or Yes, that would be it. Well, well the first thing is the key is awareness. And, and what do we do when we see a potential problem? We want to solve it right now. Um, unless you're trained to remove somebody from a traffic situation, don't try to step in. You're, you're not only endangering yourself um, because a physical danger is a real part of this, but you're also in, endangering the person that's, but the, the first thing I would say is the most common thing you ought to do is, is simply call 911. But the, the, we've had a lot of conversation about the fact that, um, there is, there's not, not everybody at the 911 centers is trained on what to do if somebody's being trafficked. There is a, there's a national hotline. However, it, there's not enough staffing at it. And, and so it, it might, somebody called the national hotline, it took them 40 minutes to get a, a, a human being on the thing. So I, what I try to do is learn who, 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 who is the local contacts. I, I just last week made a contact with the local state police here and, and build and trying to build a relationship to find out who deals with human trafficking here in Venango County. But being aware, if you, for example, if you, you see somebody in a car or something like that, uh, my suggestion is take notes. If you can safely get maybe pictures or why you're suspicious, uh, that's the, really the place to start. Unless you're trained, though, don't try to step in. That sounds like a good idea. The, the, the common thought process is don't be a hero because you may very well endanger even further. Oh, yeah. Very true. Let me ask you, is there anything that you would like to add in, in closing as far as some of the things that, that we can share with uh, the listeners right now? Well, I think what, what I've seen is my role, and I want to encourage others, is tell the story that, that this could be happening. May, it, and most of the time, uh, my first time at doing one of these presentations, actually, I brought two speakers in. We did an online presentation up in the Erie Meadville district. And from that presentation, my presenters had a number of people calling them and saying, hey, can you, can you come and you know, speak with our group? And what, I, what we always encourage people to do, though, is tell the story. How might this be happening in your community? I, I know when I have those those conversations, when I say, "Well, I, I've been I've been doing some study and 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 doing some talks on human trafficking," people will say, "Well, that doesn't happen in my neighborhood," <laughs> and 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 I say, "Well, that's what I thought too." 
Are you really sure? And, and so I think that that's probably the key is that we, we become aware of the possibilities. Uh, I, I, I can't drive through a truck stop or a, a service plaza anymore without scanning to see whether there's a car sitting there where they might be trafficking young girls. They call them lot lizards. They're young girls that are taken in there and they go and they sexually service the truckers in that, in that area. There it's, um, it, it's an eye. If you study it, if you begin to look at it, it's an eye opening experience. Once again, the, um, the presentation to the pastors was called enslaved in plain sight. It was a five, five hour event. We, we did it as a continuing ed event and we wanted to, be able to give five hours of credit. So interestingly, it was it was not only picked up for our pastors, though, but we had a bunch of lay people that were in, and then the, a couple of the counties picked it up and made it made it available as a continuing end event for them too. And that that's been an encouraging thing for me is that uh, we've also been able to build some relationships that way uh, across the different part. And for me, that's what's critical in the church is that we're, we're looking for ways to build. Uh, when I moved, I moved here to Venango County, I immediately start trying to, to meet with folks. And it's interesting that I was met with the, the, the county task force on drug, uh, <clears throat> drug intervention last week. And when I told them that I was there and because I was doing work in human trafficking, I saw some real interest and, in, uh, you know, that you build those relationships. So, because it is happening next door. It certainly is. And, and it's also being offered in, it's been broken down into 10 uh, portions on YouTube as well. So um, folks who are interested can possibly go there, right? Sure. You're, you're welcome to go to my YouTube, YouTube channel. It is, uh, there, there's a playlist and, and it's, if you want to see the whole presentation, uh, it's broken down into uh, 10 presentations that are usually between 25 and 35 minutes. Okay, that sounds very good. And thank you once again for, uh, for joining us, Jeff. And we hope to uh, become a little more enlightened as far as human trafficking because it is so important. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, God heard the cries of the Israelites who were enslaved and oppressed in Egypt. He promised to bring his people out of slavery, and God does not desire for anyone he loves to be enslaved, and he loves everyone. Listen to these words from Proverbs. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. We hope that you'll join us next time as we pass along more great information, having special guests, and getting the chance to meet in the middle. Have yourself a wonderful week. May God continue to bless you this day and always. So long. Meet in the Middle is a production of the Western Pennsylvania Conference of the United Methodist Church. If you have comments or suggestions for future shows, email us at antiracism at wpaumc.org. Thanks for listening. To find out more about the Western Pennsylvania Conference, go to wpaumc.org.